1: I don't want you to protest. I don't want you to ride. I don't want you to write to your congressman because I wouldn't know what to tell you to write. I don't know what to do about the depression and the inflation and that crime in the street. All I know is that first, you've got to get mad. You've got to say, I'm a human being. God damn it. My life has value. My life has value. My life has value.
0: Life has value. Behold the Pale Podcast. All right, folks, welcome back to a very unique episode of Behold the Pill podcast this week. Uh, None of the boys are able to be with us. Um, They're all being uh, questioned, I think, by men in black. You know what I mean? I'm down in the bunker, in the old Behold the Pill bunker, um, seven miles deep beneath the earth. Well, the way this came about is, uh, you know, I've always been kind of... uh, admire is probably the, ro- the wrong word um, for the situation I've always been super interested in the twisted mind of Charlie Manson um, you know as a youngster probably like a lot of other folks out there uh, I went and did some deep diving and not so deep diving and you know found the interviews um, anybody out there who's never seen any of the interviews uh, you definitely go do yourself a favor and watch one or two Whether you're watching it to be entertained off of madness, just pure and utter absolute madness, or uh, fascination of what makes people like that tick. Um, He's one of the most uh, interesting ones, you know, because he could be telling you something that's complete, utter insanity one second, and then kind of flip it into some weird thing about how you know, the earth, how we're killing the earth, and, you know, uh, how the things that he did was really good, and never would I say they're good things. Um, But, you know, if you listen to him, you'll understand what I'm talking about. Charlie's a a weird circumstance uh, where I don't think they ever fully actually proved that he killed anybody. Um, I think that he was just so dangerous... With the fact that he got people to do his bidding, I think that the danger, uh, the danger zone that Charlie stood in, is what made it that he never got free again. Um, you know, anybody who watched any, listened to any of the trial stuff, you'll know that you know they were definitely in the beginning. They definitely pumped up the theatrics, um, almost like for the show of it, like they were they were coming off of them drugs. Them drugs was coming down and uh, they realized the party was over, you know what I mean? I think that they went a little... I think they I think they were still... The shtick was going heavy into the beginning of the trial, and then they realized what was really at stake, and they were like, uh, Charlie made me do it, you know what I mean? So, uh, and I have, you know, my opinion on that is, yeah, I do think Charlie manipulated some people that you know, were easily manipulated, adding drugs to the situation, but a lot of those folks later in life, and even immediately after, wanted to claim no responsibility for the situation, just kind of blame Charlie, and say, oh, this fucking devil of a man got in our heads and made us do that, and I don't know to what extent and when I wasn't there, so who's, who's to say, you know, um, But I, you know, I just, I always found that very weird that it was one of those, they were told to do it, they did it. Um, And like I said, you know, he, I think the only thing that they they ever admitted to or was convicted of was he killed some pimp. But I know that he was a pimp himself, so that's kind of just the game. I'd say live by the sword, die by the sword. You know what I mean? It's an unfortunate thing. Of course, any life lost is, but like... You know, the pimp game's an interesting game where you can't exactly say he was an innocent bystander. Uh, If you were to try and say that, I'm sure the families of the girls that got pimped would like you to think of them and the the girls when you you contemplate um, the justifying of that killing. But Charlie himself was a fucking pimp. Bad news himself. So, you know, it is what it is. But... You know, later uh, in this whole series, we'll pop into a, you know a bunch of different strange tie-ins and such with Charlie and different things. But uh, yeah, I wanted to tap into some of these interviews because they're very interesting. You know what I mean? For whatever sake you're, uh, of entertainment or enjoyment you're watching them for, I don't think you'll be uh, you'll be let down. Um, I think it's truly maybe one of the most interesting uh, speakers and performers of spoken word. We'll say. Uh, in a long time, if, if not ever, um, a musician, as other people don't know, you know, he there's Charlie Manson music out there that can be acquired, a lot of it's free on YouTube, um, but yeah, he's just kind of a weird character, so what I thought we'd do is we'd kind of take a journey through some of these interviews and uh, give my opinions on such as we rolled through them. Uh, and we'll call this Matty and the Manson and this will be our first venture into that world today
2: Manson has been serving his time at this prison in Vacaville, California isolated from his fellow inmates Manson's first television interview since the murders begins badly well, No, I told I'm not going to sit in that damn chair man i am standing there and talk with the dude I, uh, Manson refuses to sit in the chair I'm provided he says He's not going to look up to anyone. But finally, Tom Snyder of the National Broadcasting Company asks his first question.
0: Now, Manson's OG and it. I love that. How he's just, I'm not going to, I'm not looking up to nobody. Uh, you know, he comes in the room, and he kind of takes over the room with attention, as far as attention goes. Um... You know, the cameras are there and he's a showman. I think one of the biggest things he's a culprit of, other than being the ski's bag, is being uh, one of the world's greatest showmen. Because, you know, this dude could have had a reality show from prison and it would have been, he would have got ratings uh, through the roof. That's why they didn't let Homeboy do uh, a television show from prison. All right, but, and you know, there's some minds out there that are easily corrupted. Proof of point. um, his pal's in prison with him, and uh, you know it is what it is. So this one kicks off and in the interviewer, of course, is always a very unhip gentleman trying to be very unhip. Um, he's got the tie undone to let you know that he's 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 taken off the, the the boxing gloves of being a professional journalist, and that he's your pal. You know what I mean? He's your pal. He'll now you can tell him, you can tell him everything that you didn't tell anybody in the trial, and he ain't gonna tell nobody. He's your special friend.
3: You know, you were sentenced to the gas chamber and then they modified the death penalty. Were you happy when that was done?
0: What a question. Of course. Who who you know? We'll let Charlie answer, of course, but
4: Was I happy when what was done? When you found out that you weren't going to the gas chamber. You're talking about dying. Now it gets me nervous. Why? Did you have any thoughts about something? Was you want to go anywhere?
0: I love that line because he breaks it down and it's the simplest thing of why would you want to die? It's like, nobody wants to die. Well, some people do, of course, but you know, your typical Joe Blow, whatever, walking through America or Joe M. Blow walking through uh, the good old world is, it's just kind of live and let live. And if it's bad, it'll be over one day, but you don't need to really speed the process up, you know what I mean? Um, But I like his way of wording things. I always found it very funny, very fun you know, colorful. He's almost like a dark, demented Mark Twain in a way. Uh, people can hate hate, that, hate me for that later, I guess.
3: Were you happy when you found out you weren't going to go to the gas chamber, Charles? Uh, I knew I wasn't going to go to the gas chamber because I hadn't done anything wrong.
0: Something, of course, Charlie claimed to the very bitter end, and it's a very good argument, you know, to debate. Because, like we said before, you know, I think he was only officially proven to have killed a pimp, which, killing anybody's no good, but the actual murders in question, uh, it was just a matter of saying, do this, um, and look at, you know, to, to, to blame him for that, you almost would have to blame, you know, for rappers telling people to shoot people in their songs, or heavy metal acts you know telling people to cut people up in their music or whatever and i like all the music i'm not bashing it I, that's why i did the two ones i like the most uh but yeah like it's just one of those things it's one of those things
3: you scared to die?
4: sometimes i feel i'm scared to live
0: what a hot line that is right there Are you afraid? Are you so scared to die, Charlie? Charlie goes, sometimes I'm so scared to be alive. You know, that reminds me of that John Wayne Gacy famous line where they go, uh, you know, you had all these dead bodies under your house, didn't that creep you out? And John Wayne Gacy goes, well, it's not the dead you got to worry about, it's the living. Very true.
4: Living is what scares me.
0: Dying is easy. That's the truth, uh, Charlie. Uh, I've
4: been in jail 34 years. 34 years, so... Uh, out of 47, you've been here 34. I've been in jail. Uh, prison.
0: Yeah, Charlie's been in and out of prison and jail his entire life, from a teenager or a young youth all the way up. So he kind of has been, you know, through and throughout the system. You know what I mean? Uh, a long time.
4: All my life. I was raised up in here. So I understand jail. So I understand myself and I can deal with that. I set my cell and I do my number like a convict does his number.
0: But Do your number. Another gangster phrase brought to us by Charlie.
4: There's different colors on different people's backs doing different things. It's a different world. I love the world I live in too, just like Regan loves the world he lives in. I love the world you live in. (laughs) Huh. <laughs> Most assuredly it's me You love all the pain that you've caused people All oh. the anguish you Oh, I don't know pain I don't know pain I have no depth of pain I have no depth of suffering I don't know ridicule I don't know all the bad things I haven't been punished by you all my life Since I was ten years old
0: You know, this is one of the He tra- often will freak out a lot like this When people go and say, you know oh, you've caused all this pain, you're this bad guy, and he does go into this tirade of, you know, how he's been tormented and fucking society's been kicking him around forever, which I think is a great tool that he used when talking to people, because I also think that everybody, no matter what society of life you're from, felt like you uh, have gotten the, the, you know, the short end of the stick in some way or the other.
4: I've been in every reform school you got across the country, and used to lay down and have to get my ass whipped till I couldn't walk.
3: Tell me
4: about some pain, and that's yeah. our fault. That's all no. these people' no. no, fault. Make
0: strong, good pain. Understand pain? Not bad. Pain. That was like the most gangster thing anybody ever said in an interview. Sh- pain, strong pain, pain good. Make it strong. It's good for you. It's good stuff. Not bad. It's good pain. Everybody likes a little bit of pain. Pain's good for your soul. Take it. You know what I mean? Most
4: assuredly, it's me.
3: You love all the pain that you've caused people, all the anguish you've caused. Oh, I don't
4: know pain. I don't know pain. I have no depth of pain. I have no depth of suffering. I don't know ridicule. I don't know all the bad things. I haven't been punished by you all my life since I was 10 years old. I've been in every reform school you got across the country. And used to lay down and have to get my ass whipped till I couldn't walk. Tell me about some pain, and that's yeah. our fault. That's all no, these people. No fault. Make strong. Good pain. Understand pain. Not bad. Pain's not bad. It's good. It teaches you things. It teaches you things. Like when you put your hand in fire, oh, you
3: know not to do that again. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm.
3: yeah. I understand that. Written accounts indicate that
1: you
0: Charlie's like on the most medium ground, ground level like, philosopher-type deal. Like, I think he could speak to someone who's highly intelligent and somebody they don't even know how to read. Charlie can get in that person's head with words and, 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 and relatable things. Um, and that underdog aspect is gigantically huge, I feel, but I think, you know, that is key to everything that he kind of did. the totally authorities.
3: Don't let me out. I can't cope with the
4: outside world. Do you have a recollection of that? And uh, you make mean, a and desperate de- plea out of something, man. There's no desperate plea out of it. I say I, I can't did, handle I, I, the maniacs outside. I, Let me back in.
3: I, I didn't use the word desperate. That's your word. Charles. Yeah.
4: Well, your your inflection and your voice tones were uh,
3: implications there. Well, uh, you use the word maniacs on the outside. How are you different? from the maniacs on the outside and why do you call them maniacs because you know something they think you are one yeah it would reflect if you hold the negative up to the light
4: you don't see the light you just see the negative so i'm a reflection of your negative there's no doubt about that and i can handle that also i've been handling it
0: i'm a reflection of your negative um, is more Mark Twain dark poetic shit for sure with uh, with Charlie. Everything that Charlie says uh, is like a heavy metal uh track, you know what I mean? It's beautiful.
4: I don't know, have you? Well, I've been up and down these damn hallways in and out of these nut wards for the last 10 years. You think you could follow that act? I'm playing for my life, you working for money.
0: <laughs> yeah. See, that's uh, more cha- Crazy Charlie uh, madness of, like, just very witty wordplay.
3: say so you're playing for your life. Am I to yeah. assume that you think that someday you're going to <laughs> get out of here? Get out of here.
0: That's such a look of hopeful, tragic, not knowing it'll ever happen, but being hopeful for some reason. I think he, I think he generally knew the deal. Hmm.
3: Get out of here. Where would I go? Let's see. What would you do if you got out of here? What if they said they said to you tomorrow morning, Charles, hey, listen, you're free. You can go wherever you want to go. Do whatever you
2: want to do. What would you do? I'll probably go out front on the grass and sit down. The question is, should Manson ever go free? a good answer. It's ten years now since he and his three female accomplices, virtually robots under his control, were convicted of murder. On August the 9th, 1969, they murdered actress Sharon Tate, and four other people in Los Angeles. The following night, there were two more victims, Lino and Rosemary LaBianca. In court, Manson was also charged with two more mutilation murders. Ranch hand Donald Shea was beheaded, and musician Gary Heinemann had his ear cut off. According to some accounts, Manson and his family may have been responsible for as many as 35 killings.
3: If you got out of here, there are a lot of people who think you'd go start killing people. Again, <laughs> well, you guys are misinformed, I hadn't killed anyone. There it is. I didn't break the law. The judge no. knew that, but the people didn't want to hear it.
4: The judge knew it. He washed his hands. He said, I know it, but what can I do? People want this. The judge never said that. Yeah.
0: You know, that's probably even true because judges can be, you know, judges are... Uh not quite the best of folks, sometimes, you know what I mean. Uh, improving case, but it's a difficult job. You're being a judge at the end. I wouldn't want the job, um, knowing that you know my decision is you know putting somebody, no matter what they did. I don't know. I just feel like, like God, figure that out, man. Yeah, you should be punished for doing bad things, but I don't want to be that person doing it. It's kind of a weird fucking. I always thought that was a weird element to it, you know what I mean? But he's right on point with the judges and the
4: order said. You're so white and pure. Judge didn't say you were innocent. Are you innocent? Innocent of what? Well oh, that's what I'm saying. None of us are innocent. Yeah, just because you're convicted in a courtroom doesn't mean you're guilty of something.
0: You know, the you know only Charlie's gonna get a reporter to say none of us are innocent, man. Geraldo Rivera got his mind twisted up by Charlie, too. And it's funny because you see these interviewers in the different parts. They they lose their shit a little bit where they get aggravated with Charlie or Charlie will get, like, the better of them with wordplay or something or they'll catch themselves relating a little too much to the devil. You know what I mean? The man across from him, And they don't like that. I think that upsets them.
3: It does mean you're guilty when well, you know you're guilty. What about Shay? What about him? Well, what about him? got killed well the word is you killed him word is that
0: you're an old woman word is you have turkey and sky word is- word is one of my favorite Charlie moments is about to come up um where he's like the dude's like you, you kill this person nah you killed this person nah he's like you stabbed them no, yeah I did you know it's funny um you know it's a good, good to pepper in a little bit to the, give them what they want keep them coming back for more you know and he was definitely an attention whore, um, for sure. Big rhyming, poet, don't know it, just like Charlie. I don't
3: know what word is. Somebody else tell you that. I didn't tell you did that. Did you kill Shay? Hell no. Did you cut the human's ear off? Hell yes. How did you, why, how'd that feel <laughs> cut
4: his ear off? Uh, what did it feel like? Yeah. Well, I had done what he said for about 20 years. I'd done everything he told me to do. And I got to thinking now, why don't this guy do something I tell him
0: to do? Very underdog stance with it, and a lot of people will take his uh, position, I feel, on just some certain statements like that. Um, He was kind of trying to develop and create a race war, um, a fake one behind the scenes, you know. But um, still, so you can never lose track of him being willing to... Manipulate the evil of hate and stuff like that um, for each other for humanity. I think you really want to bring on a race war to fucking kill off everybody, uh, thinking that you know society would do Charlie's bidding at that point if everybody was uh, at each other's throats. The government actually took a note out of that book, I believe.
4: And he said, um, "No." I said, "Well, how comes I'm always doing what you tell me to do, but then you never do what I say to?" And he said, Well, blah, blah, blah. So I said, Now you do what I say. And he said, No. I said, You do exactly what I say. And he said, No. I'm telling you. I'm not asking you. I'm telling you. You do exactly what I say. And that's about the extent of it. All this
3: occult, all that hocus pocus stuff that you guys are playing, I don't know nothing about all you that. You know nothing about something called helter skelter. Tell me, Charles. I don't know. It's a fairy. It's worse than a fairy tale. It's a fairy tale. It's a uh, it's it's a comedy. It's a comedy tragedy.
4: The body of Sharon Tate is make-believe. Uh, make, make believe. That's make that's make believe. That's make believe to the people that went in there
0: and did. He got very serious when he brought up the body of Sharon Tate. You know what I mean? Almost, to, you know, to put off that vibe of how insulted he is to even be. You know, um, you know, put it, put in the, put it in that conversation, put in that dialogue with, the, with the body of Sharon Tate. You know, I think, uh, that, that's the realest thing for him in all of this is when you bring up those victims and the bodies and stuff and the baby, I'm sure he gets horrified, um, when the baby comes up, uh, because it just makes him look so fucking bad because, uh, you know... A lot of people think he's the heart and the soul of that murder. You know what I mean? He might not have been the hands, but he was, you know, the brain, so to speak. Um, you know, and, that, and and the Sharon Tate with the baby is probably, you know, a lot. there's a lot of really bad things that came with that murder, but the most disgusting is probably the baby stuff.
3: What they did. Mm-hmm. And who were those people? You they know who you know they yeah. were. But you know who they were. Sure know who they, they were. They were with you at the Spawn Ranch. They were part yeah. of this thing called, if not the Manson family or the Manson cult, the, the Manson ranch. Call it what so you So then? What? You dealt the hand down in L.A.
4: You and that press, you dealt the hand. You put me on Life magazine, had me convicted before I walked in the courtroom. You had what people wanted to buy. When they wanted to buy it, they didn't give a damn. They had a convicted district attorney, they had a convicted the whole building to get that dollar bill going there. They had big bucks going there He made 27000000 i am bumming ten fifteen dollars from my friend here.
3: Here's another newspaper account that you can now speak to since you haven't done it before. That on the night following the uh, killings at the house on Cielo Drive in Los Angeles, you accompanied four people to a home occupied by Mr. and Mrs. Leo LaVianca. Yeah. That you went inside that house and you tied them up and assured them that they were not going to be hurt. Mm-hmm. But she went back outside and sent Kasabian and Krenwinkel and Watson and Atkins inside the house to kill him. Mm-hmm. True or false?
0: Mm-hmm. He probably sure have said, uh huh, right after, even though I know he's going for the, going, listening to the story, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh. And then they go, you kill him, and he was like, uh huh. Now, Charlie is a weird dude where, like, I think every, even though he's crazy, I think every word's calculated. So even something as small as that is him brandishing guilt, I think, for um, involvement, you know what I mean? Did
3: you do that? The chair's getting hot, huh?
0: You know, these long pauses and stuff, that's a sign of guilt, of course. And maybe he's just really trying to figure out something to say, because he is a showman, you know, and I'm sure he's thought about every question that he'd be asked to the T's. But maybe, you know, uh, because he knows the answer, it gives him time to create theatrics around it. You know what I mean? Because, you know, he's definitely, he knows that a lot of people are watching this. I want to say that Manson's interviews on the on these stations were some of the biggest rated you know, viewings around their times. You know, everybody had a fascination with Charlie. Um, How could you not? You know what I mean? It's just such a a train wreck. It's a tragic situation all around. You know, he caused a lot of tragedy in other people's lives. Um, Like, real trauma. You know, the dude obviously had a terrible upcoming himself. You know, his life was tragic. It's just one of those utter... You know, people that get caught up in, in in the undertow of just the dark darkness and the dark side of things, and like you grow up in it, and it it, it it raises you, and it's kind of what you know. You know what I mean? I think that's Charlie's. That was Charlie's deal. Is he was born into a bad hand, and instead of instead of being like you know, everybody kind of gets a bad hand every now and then. Um, you know, and I know it's easier said than done. You know, some people in that situation rise up and better themselves for it. I think Charlie, maybe he attempted to do that with his music, and then when that kind of fell through, he went, that was it. That was the thing for him, you know. That was um Sayonara-type Saturday syndromes. But he's theatrical with this big move in a chair, you know what I mean, pacing around the room in quietness. He'd like to get close to the reporter every now and then to freak him out.
3: Did you do that? Did I kill anyone? No? no. Did you go in and tie up the La Viancas, that night? Very simple question. That night. Big question. August 10th, 1969. That night. August the 10th, did 1969. Did you? Why duck it? Why dodge it? Why not answer it yes or no once and for all? Put it behind you.
0: That's a big question. I think you already did answer it, though.
3: Did I kill anyone? Did you tie up the La Viancas?
0: Anybody watching the video will see that he, the way he holds his chains, he's near the dude, the interviewer. Um, he looks like a, a Simpsons interviewer um, in real life. The, um, he's holding the chains almost like he could just reach out and strangle the dude. So I think he loved creating these tense moments that were just, ha, showman, like I've said before, just a showman, you know what I mean, to the umpth degree. You know, and he knew what he was doing, he, he controlled the room. You know, uh, he knew who the cameras were there to see, and he ate it up. Long pause. He's thinking, should I tell him? He ain't telling him shit.
3: Atkins testified, you did
0: The dude's, like, really trying to hammer him.
3: That's what Susie said.
0: That's what she said. That's what Susie said. You know, the way he does it, you know, Manson's playing with him, dude. Like, he ain't gonna answer that question. And he keeps that dude... Keeps him hanging on... You know what I mean? For some truths, but he ain't getting it. And he's like, Susie? Susie said that? Miss Acton said that about me?
3: Remember, you were in the courtroom when she said it. Mm-hmm. She's written three books and
4: each time she said something different. Mm-hmm. Each time. Did you tie him
2: up? Did I? Mm-hmm. And,
0: well, if you write three books and each time there's something different, I do think that uh, that would be, you know, incre- an incredible um, opinion of the fact. You know what I mean?
4: Well, we
3: came down from Abilene, and, uh, Let's stay in Los Angeles, August 10, 1969.
0: It was He's telling you the fucking story, buddy. Let him go. You see, if I was a Charlie-type dude in a situation like this and a reporter was, try- was a fucking dingleberry when I'm trying to tell him the story that they just asked, and I... He, Charlie might be taking you on a long road to get there, but he's taking you somewhere. Uh so just fucking let it go, bud. Be a better interviewer. Rest in peace, you're probably dead. Pole in the wall gang.
3: Why don't you want to talk about it, Charles? Why don't you want to Because wanna... I'm an outlaw and I go
4: so far, and then that's all you know.
0: That's more fucking gangster dialogue. That's at the beginning of every Johnny Cash song, you know what I mean? That's every every fucking underground hip hop gangster song. That should be at the opening track. People should have that written across their fucking foreheads and their backs. You know what I mean? Um, good stuff. People like uh, the Charlie stuff
4: for sure. Gangster.
3: And if you did, I'm like Ash and Jesse James. And, and if and, and, and if and, and, and if as others have written and as others have testified and as the media has reported, you did that. Yeah. And you sent
0: your friends back in to do the deed, aren't you? You know, he says, he goes, He, he has, again, he says yeah to it. You know, it's, it's very passive, yeah. You know what I mean? But I do think he's dropping hints, you know what I mean? Um, For sure. Howard. my
4: friends back in to do the terrible deed. Uh, doesn't that uh, make, make a you... deed turn on? Did we have the castle there with the vampires and the uh, Frankenstein? You know... Yeah, you know. And if you, that's like asking Jesse James. And if, and if, and if, and if
0: you know, and that line too right there, it goes, that's like asking Jesse James if you shot people. You know what I mean? That's like, that's a yes right there too, you know what I mean? But he's like, I'm an outlaw, that's what I do, you know what I mean? Um, very on the sleeve, you know. Charlie was a very interesting cat, man, for sure.
3: And, and, and if, as others have written, and as others have testified, and as the media has reported, you did that. Yeah. And you sent your friends back in to do the deed. Aren't you oh, a coward? My yeah. friends back in to do the terrible deed.
4: Doesn't The wicked deed. Turn on. Did we have the castle there with the vampires and the uh, Frankenstein and the uh, bugs and lizards dying in the deserts?
0: <laughs> Believe it. Yeah, Frankenstein, Dracula, li- lizards and bugs dying in the deserts. They were all there, Charlie. They were all there. You know what I mean? Your friends are out of oh, jolly. The
4: terrible deed. Uh, well, a, a deed the wicked um, deed. The wicked deed. We have the castle there with the vampires and the uh, Frankenstein and mm-hmm. the uh,
3: bugs and lizards dying in the deserts. Do we have the water that's dying and the whales are being killed and the seals are killed? Here we go again. Lay it off on somebody else. Let's point yeah. to all the other oh, injustices. I'm, I'm in the world all by myself? Yeah. yeah. On this one you are. Yeah. Yeah. It was okay, if that's the way you see it, for you. You've never talked about this before, but I'm going to make it, I'm going to try it one more yeah. time. Uh, no, uh, now, uh, you can see him where I'm You got end. a pistol on you? No, sir. They wouldn't let me in here if I had a
0: pistol. Yeah. The dude calls Charlie a coward, too, during that little exchange right before, uh, right before this, too, which was more of him trying to ease some anger out of him, get him to put him on the spot. Like, I'm not sure, it's, it, it, it's a mind game. You know what I mean? Where it's like, I'll show Charlie, if I tell Charlie he's a coward, he'll say, I'm no fucking coward, I'm an outlaw, here's what you want to know, blah, 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 blah. But what he doesn't understand is I believe Charlie is smarter than this dude is. So, you know, he, he's pretending to be the spider when, in fact, he's the fly. Well, that as well as I do, so
4: why even ask the question, okay? Well, I just thought you might not like what I've done, you want to do something about it. I don't much
3: care for what you've done. Yeah?
0: That right there was gangster. That was Charlie's way of saying you got a fucking problem with what you think I did, homie. You got a fucking problem. That's his way of being sizing that dude up. You got a gun? well you want to kill me? I think he's trying to break him out and try and get that dude to say, "Well, if I had a gun, yeah, I would kill you. You're a bad dude, Charlie." So he could be like, "Why? Well, well, you're a killer now too, and you're fucking killing with your own hands. You're not know, telling someone to do it." Yeah.
4: feel about that a lot well, of people think you're a monster charles yeah think they think you're a monster because you reflect this news media on me
0: great line and fucking truth
4: cult leader i never had a long hair before i got busted i never had a beard before i got busted i went to shave and the guy said no you can't shave and i said i need a razor shave he said, no you can't shave said, let me get a haircut he said no we don't want you to change your appearance they said i had a great family and i was a following and leaders and all that it wasn't followers and leaders a bunch of kids out the ranch right. playing to me, Planet what?
0: Planet living? You know, right there he talks a little bit pr- about, you know, the boogeyman they're trying to paint in the media. Whether that's true or not, who's to say? I almost say it probably is true realistically, you know. They weren't going to... You know, I don't think... Charlie was too dangerous to be let out, I think. That was the story. And I think when... When he was, it was, this dude ain't coming out of jail. I mean, that was kind of the thing. It was like, if we have to just blatantly lie to everybody, you know, if we got going to kill him in the courtroom, if he's getting off and we have to kill Charlie leaving the courtroom, Charlie's not, he cannot be let back into society to make other people, you know what I mean, do these things that he made, you know, the other people do type situation, so... There was really no escape.
4: This media on me. Cult leader? I never
0: had a long hair before I got busted. I never had a beard before I got busted. Cult leader?
4: I went to shave and the guy said, no, you can't shave. And I said, I need a razor to shave. He said, no, you can't shave. I said, let me get a haircut. He said, no, we don't want you to change your appearance. They said, I had a great family and I was the following and leaders and all that. It was the followers and leaders a bunch of kids out at the ranch playing. To what? me.
3: Playing at what? Yeah. Playing at living. Do you miss women? Certainly my goodness yeah damn right yeah <laughs> what do you think of women
4: oh i like them yeah they're nice they're put together well and everything and they're soft
3: and spicy. yeah they're nice soft and spongy Long they keep your mouth shut and do what they're supposed to do why do you say that because that's what a woman's supposed to do keep her mouth shut and do what she's supposed to do
0: pc culture ain't down with charlie
3: do you miss women certainly my goodness you know what yeah, I mean? damn right
0: my goodness they yeah. would not like him <laughs>
4: What do you think of women? He awesome. oh, I like
0: them. Yeah, they're nice. If they're put together well and everything, and they're soft and spicy. Yeah, they're
3: nice. As long as they keep their mouth shut and do what they're supposed to do. Why do you say that? Because that's what a woman's supposed to do. Keep her mouth shut and do what she's supposed to do? Sure. And besides the son that you had in your marriage, you've got, what, four sure. other children somewhere? I don't uh, uh, think I've been... Uh, responsible for
4: as much as you people want to lay on me. Alright, somewhere out there, somewhere. Th-
0: Especially the kids. He's like, you guys can lay the murders on me, but don't lay all these these extra kids on me. He's child support. And it's funny, when he hits, after he says that comment, I by watching this video, he hits, like, the cameraman. He, like, breaks the third wall and, like, hits the fucking cameraman with a, list, <laughs> a look of, like, I like that joke.
3: Probably about 25 or 26 years old. You talk to that. What are you gonna say
4: to
0: him? You gotta catch it on your own, boy. Trains hard. You gotta so catch man, it on you your own, boy. Them.
3: That's what he's when telling his kids. You know what I mean? Keep her mouth shut and do what she's supposed to do. Sure. Besides the sum that you had, you
0: got. Old school outlook on somewhere. women. Oh,
4: I don't do Terrible. Uh, uh,
3: think I've been. Uh, uh, responsible for as much as you people want to lay on me. All right, somewhere out there, somewhere, there's at least one son that we know of that's your child who's probably about 25 or 26 years old. You talk to that kid. What are you going to say to him? you got to catch it on your own,
4: boy. Train's hard. The road.
0: Now, you all, you you can see the sincerity in Charlie's face when he says that, you know, you got to catch it on your own, you know, the, World's Hard type stuff. Like, there's a sincere look that he actually gives to the screen, to the to the camera, where you almost vibe with the fact that that message, he was hoping, that he was speaking to the kid for real. Um, and there's that moment. Um, and I almost do think that, you know, Charlie, with Charlie having a really fucked up childhood and all that, I do feel like he probably... Would, would like to have been a father. I mean, he, he was the father of all these lost kids within the Manson family. You know what I mean? Uh, as crazy and crooked as it sounds, who's to say that a kid w- would have, I don't know, changed Charlie's outlook or something. What a weird world, that bizarro world that is. Uh, but like it says now, he at this point he would have had a kid That would have been roughly, I think, in the early 20s, it was. So, at that point, I'm sure, you know, it could have been, he could have reached out. Maybe he did, who knows. Um, Very interesting stuff. Charlie is the type of dude, I I assume, if you were a normal mother, you wouldn't want, you know, your kid around. Somewhere
3: out there, somewhere, there's at least one son that we know of that's your child, who's probably about 25 or 26 years old. You talk to that kid. What are you going to say to him? You've got to catch it on your own, boy.
2: Yeah.
4: Trains hard. Rose rough. And that's it. That's all I knew. That's all anyone ever told me. All right. And you wanna hear something? Yeah. He'll do it better than me. <laughs> do what? Whatever he does, he'll do it a little better.
0: I think that was a way of giving his kid a compliment. I mean, you can take that two ways. You could take that. As he'll be, he'll he'll do a tre like some trip be a part of a tragedy like I was but in a bigger way. That's kind of the dark twist you could put it on. I think Charlie put an edge on everything, even if he was trying to put put across an emotion of caring or something. I think he always had, because of the way he came up and the, that animal nature of the people around him and just the life he's always grown up in. I think that he always hardened up everything he said um, a little bit, so to speak. You know what I mean. So I do feel. This was almost probably as heartfelt as Charlie's ever gotten.
4: Kids do, don't they? Sometimes. Yeah, (laughs) that's what makes them such a guest. They always seem to get through.
0: But I do think that it's probably more (laughs) of a positive thing, you know?
4: (laughs) He'll do it a little better.
0: You know what I mean?
4: That's all I knew. That's all anyone ever told me. And you want to hear something? Yeah. He'll do it better than me. Do what? Whatever he does. He'll do it a little better.
3: Kids do, don't they? Sometimes. Yeah. That's what makes them such a guest. They always seem to get through. How were you in school? I hear that you weren't too good, but maybe I heard Uh little. Depends on which school. I did very well
4: in reform school. <laughs> I did good in, uh, in uh, every place that uh, I was ever told to do good in. I've been an outlaw ever since I was born. I went to reform school when I was about 10 and I learned to box
0: and cry and I learned to do all the things that you do in reform school then I went to uh, I escaped that's kind of a big thing right there you know. He, he, like I said he drops hints where he says he learns to box and cry I think there's meanings behind you know, it was bad for him he's letting you know that it was bad for him there but he's also letting you know that that was you know letting you know you can cry or probably letting people know that up until that point he never would, like, showed emotion, you know what I mean? It was probably one of those weird things, he was emotionally held back. I mean, people that are, can can express themselves, don't do shit like this, everybody, it's obvious, you know what I mean? Being able to express yourself is so important, people don't even, people don't even realize the importance of it, but that's why you get all these blow-ups, and all these people, you know, killing a bunch of people, or doing all this wild and crazy things, it's because they don't know how to Break it down and let out that frustration in, like, maybe a positive way, or a, you know, through discussion or whatever. They only know how to explode like a bomb. You know what I mean? And it's kind of the world that he was, you know, raised up in. I feel like that's how it was. And I'm not trying to justify uh, the actions here. I'm just trying to kind of figure out the person. You know what I mean? I ate there a bunch of times, and I went to prison. And I learned everything that you do in prison, and I talked to all the guys and asked him everything they knew.
4: And they told me all the things they knew. And then I went to the end of it. And then the old man would be ready to die. And he'd say, well, son, uh, sincerity is the best gimmick. Remember that? And i said, all right, be sincere. That'll win it. He said, that's it. Sincerity and honesty, he said, it'll do it. It'll trick them every time. (laughs) I said, well, sincere and honesty. I never tried that. (laughs) I tried everything else. But maybe I'll try sincere and honesty. So then I looked in the book and it says, the wages of sin is death. Now I figure, well, I don't want to die, so maybe I have been sinful here. Maybe I am wrong. Maybe I'll take a look
0: at my life. Again, he admits he doesn't want to die, you know what I mean? And he is going into the biblical thing. One thing that you'll always see with cult leaders is that they they know the Bible, you know, front to back, like the back of their hand. Um, And it's usually used as a great tool for the brainwashing. So many people were raised with the Bible and the teachings of it that if you can... Manipulate those stories uh, into regular day life, which you really can a lot of time because of a lot of those tales are morale tales. Um, and if you dive into different religions, you know you'll notice a lot of the same kind of stories, and sometimes even the characters are the same. Um, just you know different situations. You know sometimes the characters are different. You know what I mean? Uh, completely. You know sometimes it'll be the same story, but it'll just be different focus point people of it you know what i mean um but so that's why you know religion is uh, always used i feel just about always used to fully with that cult aspect
4: it says the wages of sin is death now i figure well i don't want to die so maybe i have been sinful here maybe i am wrong maybe i'll take a look at my life and say well i'm going to change it and start all over you know, and I know I go to God and I say, hey, man, you going to forgive me. And he's going to say, what do you do? You forgive you? I and mean, what would you come to me
3: for? Forgive yourself, man. Don't be bothering me. How do you feel about spending the rest of your life in prison? Well, we're all our own prisons. We each are our own
0: wardens and we do our own times. We used to get stuck in our own little trips and we kind of judge ourselves the way we do. Now, that's a very deep and true statement. Like, stuff like that is one of those things where, I, what I mean by, you know, he'll drop some sk- crazy stuff, and then the next moment he'll hit some you with, with some knowledge, which, psychologically, he's true. He, he, what he's saying is true, it's, you know what I mean? Everybody, you know, is each of their warden in their own heads and stuff, which is super deep, but that's why he was so effective, you know what I mean? With these super deep oh, thoughts. Well, let's
4: just make believe. Do you ever think you will be? Well, I've never been paroled before, I went up to
0: the board and they never went, they said I was incorrigible. You know, Charlie knows he'll never be
4: paroled. I
0: know. <laughs> it's one of those things. But,
3: and then i never grow up. You know, And shop. I kind of agreed with him. If you got out tomorrow, do you have any scores to settle? I am corrigible, but I never grow up. <laughs> and I kind of agreed with him. If you got out tomorrow, do you have any scores to settle on the outside? Scores? Well, do I have any scores
0: out there? What a question, of course. Yeah, What do he goes scores, huh, let me think about this. It's, I think that's a mockery joke that he does to him. Like, what do you think, I'm stupid? You know what I mean? I think he plays himself out to be very stupid, but he's a smart dude. You know what I mean? And we're
4: making believe, right? i I tell you,
0: buddy. <laughs> Here's the first of his facial transition thing that he did a lot, which is very famous with Charlie stuff. Um, if you you probably could have seen like the memes out there, or the little gifs of the face changing. You know, he did it throughout his 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 performances. Um, in court in the hair, you know <coughs> parole board meetings and all that stuff. Um he goes into this weird thing where he just kind of changes his face. He'll go from a sad face to an angry face to a, you know, smiling face. And it's just kind of the delusion and to, to kind of wrap you up in that madness and the craziness of it. Uh it makes you think. With those eyes. Well, Big, compassionate, sad puppy eyes.
3: Right I'm stupid <laughs> to the point where I'm not really sure. Believe it or not, there are a lot of people on the outside that think about the possibility of you coming out of here, and they're genuinely scared of you. Oh, boy, I might just, just make dust.
4: Everything. Terrible. One little guy. Terrible. Ooh, Boy, how insecure are we It's you.
0: He tries to throw it on society. How insecure are we as humans that we won't let me out? But he's proven that he's a dangerous individual. You know what I mean. He's told people, you know, he, he broke down minds or found people with broken up minds enough to say do these bad things without question, and they do those bad things. You know what I mean. Um, it's a it's a weird it's a weird little vibe situation for sure.
4: Fantastic secure we we as human beings, put all our fear on one little guy, afraid to let him out. <laughs> he might break all the toys. <laughs> Why do you say little guy? Because I'm not the guy you trying to make out of me. That's not me. I don't know what my way is. Everybody keeps telling me I got all these things. I read... The other day, where I had magical powers, and I told everybody in the chapel, I said, "Tap, tap, tap, tap." I said, "Where's my magical powers?" I said, well, you can't read, you can't believe what you read in the press. I can get no magical powers, and mystical trips, and all that kind of crap. Yes, yeah, kind of silly. Yeah, I'm getting witches and devils, and uh, one guy come up and said, "I, I heard you said you were Jesus." I said, uh, "No, man, I ain't said that." He said, "I'm glad." I said, I'm damn glad. I said, why? He said, I know you ain't, you know. I said, how do you know? He said, because I am. <laughs> I said, okay.
0: Fair enough. You know what I mean? Charlie knows when to step back.
4: But, I mean, you know, I've been in the network for 10 years, so you can't expect me to, uh,
0: to... Now, the interviewer's brain is blown apart by that answer, too. If you watch the video, when he drops that thing on him, about how he can't be Jesus because another prisoner is Jesus. The interviewer is like, there's more people, there's there's crazier people than Charlie out there.
4: Rationally, take this thing serious.
0: So yeah, that kind of wraps up this first interview um, with Charlie. This is going to be a segment, we'll see how it works. uh, On rainy days or whatever, we'll pull this out of the old cannon and fire it away. Uh, hopefully you guys like it. If not, uh, I'm sure we'll hear about it some way. You know what I mean? Um, hit us up on the book, on the Facebook at Behold the Pale Podcast. Um, if you want to complain to us, uh, complain about us. Of course, go to our, our bosses at the Boomastic Media. They got a nice Facebook page. I also have a YouTube page with our production house that does our stuff. Uh, if you want to get us fired and, uh, you know, done away with, you know what I mean, or if you want to make it a uh, schedule an interview from our prison cell, uh, feel free, you know what I mean, we sit there with Charlie, the ghost of Charlie, and do our deal, but, uh, yeah, so, from time to time, we might hit you with these uh, little segment interviews, this isn't going to be as long as our regular episodes, but uh, we figure we we'll would just throw something in there, it'd be fun, like I said, I've been trying to figure out a way to incorporate the Charlie interviews into the show because completely fascinating, you know what I mean? Um, let this be a jump off, you know what I mean? Go listen to more Charlie interviews and get entertained, don't take them as truths too heavy, um, and don't watch, you know, don't. You should be watching less Charlie than more Charlie, if you know what I mean. Uh, if you find yourself sitting down for hours watching interviews and rarely going, yeah, Charlie's making a lot of sense. Then maybe you need to, you know, go outside for a walk, get some vitamin D, get some fresh air, um, go play with, you know, somebody you care about. Um, you know, do, do, do something to get you out of uh, that, because like we say on all the shows, that dabble any type of dark stuff. You don't want to live in it. Maybe go spend a little time, but you know, don't live in it. Use it like the bathroom. You know what I mean? A little bit a day, keep the doctor away. So, with that being said, uh, we'll catch y'all on the next episode with the full team.
3: Most assuredly, it's me. You love all the pain that you've caused people, all oh. the anguish.
1: Oh, I know. I don't know pain. I don't know pain. I, I have no pain. I have no
4: depth of. I pain. have no depth of, <laughs> I have no depth of suffering. I don't know ridicule. I don't know all the bad things. I don't know ridicule. I don't know all the bad things. I haven't been punished by you all my life since I was 10 years old. I haven't been punished by you all my life since I was 10 years old.